want to talk about the topic that says passion for his presence. Passion, a deep love for his presence. Passion for his presence. And want to start reading uh, in Exodus chapter 33, verse 14, verse 14 to 15. So Exodus. As we introduce the topic of today, we, 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 we're talking about the same thing we spoke about last week, but in a different way. Because today we want to talk about the presence of the Lord. And then when we close, we'll talk about the Ark of the Covenant. Because it, it, it talks about, it, it symbolizes the presence of the Lord. In Exodus 33, verse 14 and 15. And he said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then he said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. We're talking about passion for his presence. Moses says this to the Lord. He says, Father, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. That is passion for his presence. That is a, a man who depends on the presence of the Lord. That is a man who knows that he cannot do anything on his own strength. That he knows that he is dependent on the presence of the Lord. That as he is given the task of leading the nation of the Lord into the presence into, into the promises of the Lord. He is dependent on the presence of the Lord. He is not dependent on his own strength. But he is dependent on the presence of the Lord. And therefore he says, God, if your presence does not go with us, we will not take even a step further from here. Because we cannot make it without your presence. You see, in life, you must come to this conclusion that you cannot make it without the presence of the Lord. Jesus says it in this way. He says, apart from me, you can do nothing. We read it last week when we said the secret place of the Most High God is also a place of fruitfulness. Because when we abide in the presence presence of the Lord. When we abide in Jesus, we are able to be fruitful because we are the branches and he is the tree. And, and, and therefore we are part of the tree that bears fruit. And when we abide in him, we remain fruitful. So when we remain in his presence, that's where our strength is. That's where our breakthrough is. That's where our deliverance is. That's where the power is. Therefore, the secret place is also a place 
in his presence. So that's why I said we are talking about the same thing in a different way. Because we want to talk about the presence of the Lord. And David says these words this morning. Moses says these words this morning. He says if your presence does not go with us, we will not go fed. This is a statement by a man who has come to an end of himself.
If you want pleasures forevermore, go for the presence of the Lord. Some people are seeking joy in alcohol, in drugs, in all sorts of addictions. But there is joy in the presence of the Lord. At his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. This is the secret for pleasures and joyful life. I remember while we were at, at, uh, while we were students studying at university. And I, I, I was sharing the gospel of this friend of mine. And after I shared the, the gospel with him, he said to me, he says, I, now, I will be saved when I'm around 40. He says, I still want to enjoy life. And that led me very puzzled. Because it implied that I'm not enjoying life. So it left me very confused. Because he said to me, I still want to enjoy life. Come preach to me when I'm 40. But I want to tell you this morning that in his presence there is fullness of joy. At his right hand there are pleasures forevermore. You see, while we were young people there was this artist who used to sing this song. He says, But there is another way of it is in his presence because in his presence there is fullness of joy and at his right hand there are pleasures forever this is where we find fullness of joy we are not bored we are not frustrated it's not that we don't know what to do with our lives no, we found the source of joy we found the source of pleasure it's in his presence that's where there is fullness of joy that's where there are pleasures forever we are not people who are confused we are not people who are frustrated no we have found the source of joy we have found pleasures forever we are enjoying ourselves in his presence Hallelujah. Hallelujah. David says in Psalm 27 verse 4 as we talk about passion for his presence Psalm 27 verse 4 he says one thing I have desired of the Lord he says that will I seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. When we behold the beauty of the Lord we are able to sing and say he is beautiful. 
wonderful. We are able to say he is wonderful. Because that's when we seek his face. That's when we behold his face. That's when we look at him. And we realize that he is beautiful. That he is wonderful. And we are able to say and say, sweet Jesus, sweet Jesus. How wonderful you are. How precious you are. How fair you are. Says you are fairer than the lily of the valley. Because we seek his face. We behold his beauty. And last week when we preached. We said the secret place. It's a place of transformation. That when we behold his face. He changed us into the very same image. Change us into the image of the Son. That we be in His image and in His likeness. Because we behold the beauty of the Lord. And David says, David he says, one thing I desire. He says, this is what I see. He says, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord. The house of the Lord is the presence of the Lord. He says, that I may behold the beauty of the Lord. That I may inquire in his temple. He says, This is what I see. This is what I desire. This is what I prize above any other thing. This is the only thing that will satisfy me. I always like this song by Shelly Caesar. He says, Since I met Jesus, I am so satisfied. Nothing satisfies the presence of Jesus. When you meet him, when you know him, when you seek his presence, you shall be satisfied. You shall not run everywhere, but you shall be satisfied in him. You shall be anchored in him. In verse 8 of Psalm 20, he says when you said seek my face my heart said to you your face O Lord I will see and this is the challenge today if the Lord will say to you seek my face what will your response be David's response was this he says your face O Lord I will see that's passion for his presence. That's a deep love for the presence of the Lord. Because he wanted to seek the face of the Lord. Hallelujah. Now a way into his presence has been opened up. And when we had our Passover conference, we spoke about how the way into his presence has been opened up. And I, I want to read in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 to 21. Verse 19 to 21. I'll read it in New King James Version, then I will read it in the Message Bible. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 19 Therefore my brethren having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus by a new and a living way which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh reading in 
the message translation. So, friends, we can now, without hesitation, walk right up to God, into the holy place. Jesus has cleared the way by the blood of his sacrifice. Acting as our priest before God, the curtain into God's presence is his body. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A way into his presence has been opened up. And the curtain into God's presence was his body. So when his body was broken up, or when he was crucified, the Bible tells us the curtain that was in the temple it was torn from top to bottom. And in the book of Hebrews, it teaches us that that curtain was his body. And, and, and that body was therefore broken so that a way into his presence can be opened for us. So that we can worship him in his presence. Because his body has been broken for us. So the, the, the way into his presence has been broken, has been opened up. And, and the, the Bible also tells us that we are priests of God. And, and, and as priests of God, we serve in the temple. And, and when we serve in the temple, we serve in his presence. Because the dividing curtain that separated us from the presence has been removed. Therefore, we go straight in the presence of the king. Because his body was broken for us. And when we partake of the Holy Communion, we remember his body was broken. And therefore, a way has been opened for us into the presence of the Lord. Praise the Lord. And, and, and I, want, I want to read you this invitation. In, 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 in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16. Because this invitation remains standing. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help us in the time of need. I want to read it in the Amplified Classic Version. Let us then fearlessly and confidently and boldly Draw near to the throne of grace, the throne of God's unmerited favor to us sinners, that we may receive mercy for our failures and find grace to help in good time for every need, appropriate help and well-timed help coming just when we need it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The invitation stands. And it is an invitation into his presence. It says, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may find two 
things. He says we may obtain mercy. That we may find grace. To help us in our time of need. It is an invitation to you and me. Because the way or the door to the presence of God has been opened. Therefore an invitation is sent to you and me. I don't know about you. But in my culture there in the northwest. We have a saying that says. Meaning, invitation is very important. When you receive an invitation, we fight over the invitation. We say, No, I will go. But God says, No, I will go. Because because an invitation is precious. So Paul says unto us, or the writer of Hebrews says unto us, he says, saints, let us come boldly. Let us come with confidence. Because a way into his presence has been opened. Let us come boldly. Let us come boldly. Because this throne is called the throne of grace. Yo, for now it's still called the throne of grace. Why is it is still called the throne of grace? Let us come boldly. Because it's a throne of grace. It's not yet a throne of judgment. It's a throne of grace. Therefore, let us come boldly. Let us come with confidence. Because when we come, two things are going to happen. We will obtain mess. We will find grace. I like it in the classic version of the Amplified. It says we will find mercy for our failures. Every now and then we fail. But the invitation still stays. It says come boldly. Because there is a throne. It's called the throne of grace. And when you come unto it, there is mercy for your failures. There is mercy for your sins. There is mercy for your weakness. There is grace to help you. Just when you need it. Just at the right time. Just in the nick of time. Just when you are desperate for help. You can come boldly. You can listen to the lies of the devil. When the devil says you are condemned. When the devil says you cannot come into his presence. You come boldly. You come with confidence. Because you can find mercy. You can obtain favor. You can obtain grace. Just when you need it. So a way has been opened. Into his presence. And an invitation still stands. It says come boldly. Into his presence. Don't run from God. Run to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Run to Him. Now in the next 10-15 minutes, we want to talk about the Ark of the Covenant. Because it represents 
the presence of the Lord. It, it, it was a type of the presence of the Lord. So we will read in Exodus chapter 25 from verse 10 to 22. Exodus 25 verse 10 to 22. It's when God was giving Moses instructions for, 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 for building the tabernacle. And, and, and he said to him, uh, there will be three partitions of this tabernacle. And, and he said, there'll be the outer court, the holy place, and the most holy place. But when we are reading, we are reading when he was giving him the instructions for the most holy place. And when he gave him instructions for the Ark of the Covenant, which was to be stationed in the most holy place. And from verse 10 it says, and they shall make an ark of acacia wood, two and a half cubits shall be its length, a cubit and a half its width, and a cubit and a half its height, and you shall overlay it with pure gold. Inside and out you shall overlay it, and you shall make, you, and you shall make on it molding of gold all around. You shall cast four rings of gold for it and put them in the four corners. Two rings shall be on one side and two rings on the other side. And you shall make poles of acacia wood and overlay them with gold. You shall put the poles into the rings of the sides of the ark that the ark may be carried by them. The poles shall be in the rings of the ark. They shall not be taken from it. And you shall put it in the ark, and you shall put into the ark the testimony which I will give you. You shall make a mercy seat of pure gold, and two and a half cubits, and its length, and a cubit, and half its width. And you shall make two cherubim of gold of hammered work. You shall make them at the two ends of the mercy seat. Make one cherub at one end, and the other cherub at the other end. And you shall make the cherubim at the two ends of it, of one piece with the mercy seat. And the cherubim shall stretch out of their wings above, covering the mercy seat with their wings. And they shall face one another. The faces of the cherubim shall be towards the, the mercy seat. You shall put the mercy seat on top of the ark. And in the ark you shall put the testimony that I will give you. And there I will meet with you. And I will speak with you from above the mercy seat, from between the two cherubim, which are on the ark of the testimony, and everything which I will give you in the commandment to the children of Israel. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We want to talk briefly about the ark of the covenant. And the instructions that God had given Moses. And he says, Moses, I want you to make an ark. And, 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 and make it of wood, but you must cover it with gold. And then, I want you to put the, 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 test, the tablets of the testimonies into the ark. And, and, and these tablets are, are, are the stones that uh, uh, were written, the Ten Commandments on them. That, 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 that Moses had received from the Father. Thou shalt not kill. 
Thou shalt not lie. Thou shalt not steal. You will not last after people's things. Etc. Etc. He says these ten commandments on the tablets, you shall put them in the ark of the covenant. And then he says this ark of the covenant or this box, you shall make a lead for it. And he says, but this lead, I want you to make it of pure gold. And God says, and I have a name for this lead. You shall call it the mercy seat. And you shall make it, you shall make the two cherubims uh, as part of this lead. And, and, and this lead, you shall put it on top of the ark. And then he gives instructions. He says, Moses, there I will meet with you. And he says, number two, Moses, there I will talk to you. He says, I will talk to you on top of this lead. And this lead is called the mercy seat. He says, Moses, I have a desire to meet with you. But I want to meet with you at this place. God says, there I will talk with you. What is significant is that God put the Ten Commandments inside the Ark of the Covenant. And he says to Moses, Moses, or he does not say to Moses, he says, Moses, I will not meet with you based on the Ten Commandments. No, 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 make a messy seat because I still want to meet with you. I am a God who is perfect. Meeting with imperfect people. The only way we can meet is if we cover the Ten Commandments with a lead called the message seat. Says, Moses, there I will meet with you. A seat called the message seat. Moses, I still want to speak with you. I want to have a communion with you. But I cannot because Moses you are a murderer Moses you are a breaker of the law the only way we can meet is on top of the message he says there I will meet with you there I will talk with you there we will have communion there you can dwell in my presence on top of the covenant on top of the ten commandments I want to meet with you in my terms and conditions it's called mercy I will meet with you on the mercy seat going back to last week what is the secret place it's a place called there because God says there I will meet with you. He says there I will talk to you. There is a place where God meets with people. Where God meets with fallible people. 
It's called the mercy seat. He's got mercy for you and me. His mercies never run down. They never run out. The Bible tells us that they are new every morning. Jeremiah says in his lamentation. He says, he says, your mercies. They are new every morning. He says, when I wake up in the morning, when the day breaks, new mercies are breaking. When the sun rises, new mercies are rising. He says, Lord, we are not destroyed because of your mercies. They are new every day. They are new every morning. We wake up to new mercies. We will never run out of this place. So there is a place. It's called the dead. And that's where God will meet with us. Ten minutes to go. Let me tell you about this Ark of the Covenant. That in the wars that Israel were fighting with the Philistines. It came to pass that the Philistines defeated Israel. And one mistake that they did, they captured the Ark of the Covenant, which was a symbol of the presence of the Lord. They saw it as a nice piece of Ark. And they took it and put it in their temple of their God. They put it in the temple of their God called Dagon. The Bible says when they came in the morning, they found Dagon fallen to the ground. And they lifted up Dagon. And they went again. When they came the following day, this time their God was not only down but was broken. Then the Philistine took him away from their temple. But they suffered diseases and sickness. Until they decided, no, 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 no. We must take this Ark of the Covenant back to them. Even though they were victorious to them. Says, this part we don't want it just take it we, we don't want it yes we have defeated you we have looted your goods but as for this part it's causing problems for us Israel take it back and Israel took it during the time of King Saul and, 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 and King Saul never really inquired much about it. And it came to pass that David was king. The first thing that he did was to say we must bring the ark we must make a tabernacle and bring it back to Jerusalem. And David went to fetch it. And uh, he sent some men to go and fetch the apple. And uh, one of the men was the, the man by the name of Uza. The Bible says while they were carrying this Ark of the Covenant it nearly fell and, and, and Uzzah tried to, to, to 
to, to straighten the ark so that it does not fall. But because Uza is not a priest or a Levite, he died when he touched the ark of the covenant. And David was very sad. And he took it to a man called uh, uh, Obed. Let it stay with Obed, the Gittite. And after many months, a report came to David. It says, Obed is very prosperous. He is succeeding in everything that he does. Since the Ark of the Covenant went to his house. This time, David took all the Levites. And he says, let's go and get the Ark of and that's how they brought the Ark of the Covenant into the tabernacle. And the Bible says when the Ark of the Covenant was coming, that David was dancing before it. And his wife, who was the, the, the daughter of Saul, his, 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 his wife was ashamed of David. Because David was king. He, he was a man of stature. He, he, he was a VIP. A very important person. And the wife was saying, how can you undignify yourself like this? How can you dance like this? Before these people that you are leading. A king does not dance like this. And, 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 and David, David went back to his wife. And his wife said to him, David, how can you, you shame yourself like this? The way you were dancing in front of the eye. And David said to her, I will even be undignified and dead. Because David had a revelation of the ark. And what he represents. That it was important to bring the presence of the Lord. Back into Israel. And David said to his wife. Very interesting thing. Says, I was not dancing before men but it was before the Lord it was before the presence of the Lord you see it's very dangerous when we praise and we worship him and instead of praising and worshiping you become a spectator it's a very dangerous position to take when people are praising and worshiping that you become a spectator because once you become a spectator uh, 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 you start to make comments that may be unwelcomed. So when you are in his presence and people are praising and worshiping, the best thing is to participate that you do not be a spectator because there is one spectator. His name is Jesus. It is before his presence that we are dancing, that we are worshiping, it is before him. We have one spectator. His name is Jesus. Take his place. When we people are worshiping, do not be expectation. Hallelujah. 
David says it was before the Lord. It was before his presence. That is passion for his presence. Seeking his presence. Having a desire for his presence. Let's stand on our feet.